Bear has nothing to do with hiking. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Que no parece fiesta. It's the Trail Show. My God, Paulie. Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Paul Mags Magnanti. He's a fraud. And now, from Dilo's basement, it's the Trail Show. Hey everybody, it's Disco from The Trail Show here. We are still over a week away from recording the June episode. To tide you over, we decided to put together a quick extra sauce episode. This isn't a normal trail show, but we do hope you enjoy these audio clips. We've been sitting on some never-before-heard audio for months now that just didn't quite fit into our regular shows. You are in for a treat. We've got interviews from Winter Outdoor Retailer and sounds from our most recent brew hike in Longmont, Colorado. Let's get things going with some quick interviews that we did from the floor of Winter Outdoor Retailer that we recorded this past January in Salt Lake City, Utah. Alright ladies and gentlemen, we have Neighbor Jay here from the Pacific Crest Trail Association. Neighbor Jay, how was your first day at Winter OR? You seem at a loss for words, Neighbor Jay. We're going to need you to uh, at least attempt an answer. I was eating a pretzel. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> it went well, thank you. Uh, spent the morning volunteering at the PCTA booth, uh, promoting the cause, membership, all that good stuff, and then segued into uh, the afternoon with meetings for uh, past and potential sponsors for PCT days. So PCTA has a booth set up here this year. Is that- Yep, they're up on the uh, non-profit exhibiting wing, which is when you first come in, uh, it's on a big long hallway. Is um, is Cheryl Strayed at the booth this year? No. Will she be here later this weekend? No. Will you, oh, your boy Grant over there just spilled beer all over the table, it's terrible. No. Okay, very good. Um, any Anything jump out at you today? Anything out of the ordinary that, that just really caught your eye? Yes. Go ahead. I would say overall. This is like a, a Marshawn Lynch interview. Uh, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Marshawn Lynch is at the PCTA booth as we speak. Wow. And he's not speaking to anyone. He's giving them one he's word answers. He's shouting out obscenities about the trail. Uh, no, it went well. Like, day one was a little bit more quiet. Uh, I think OR has a little bit less attendance this year uh, than it did in past years. Oh, okay. But the energy is better that way. There's better communication between people, less bumping in the hallways, so to speak, with people just ambling about for no reason. Um, so, yeah, it's been a good day one, and uh, we've got three more days here to do our jobs um, with both, you know, promotion of organizations and doing business for uh, sponsorship for PCT days. And for folks that can't be at Winter OR, where can they go learn about the PCTA? www.pcta.org. And come to PCT Days, August 28th through the 30th in Cascade Locks, Oregon. All right, Neighbor Jay, thank you for uh, talking to us today, and have a good one. You're welcome. Thank you as well. So we have Grant Seibel here from Gossamer Gear. Grant, how was your first day at Winter OR? It was excellent. I didn't schedule too much, so I got to walk around, meet some folks, see some things. It's kind of light this year, but I appreciate that. Things are looking good. Did anything capture your eye or stand out today? 
actually, there was some great stuff at my buckle vendor. I know that doesn't turn anybody on but me, but my, my plastic <laughs> vendor had some great innovative stuff. So you're hashtagging buckle vendor all over Instagram right now. hashtagging Wujin Plastics all over again. Oh, very cool. So maybe something in the works for future Gossamer Gear products, perhaps? I've got about six new products in the development cycle. Oh, very nice. Any expectations for day two of Winter OR? More of the same insanity and shenanigans. Okay. And, uh, where can folks go to check out Gossamer Gear if they can't see you here at Winter OR? www.gossamergear.com. All right. Thanks, Grant. All right, we have Swami here, who's at his first Winter OR. He traveled all the way from Mexico just to be here to cause trouble, hang out, and do some good on behalf of the CDTC. Swami, what say you? How's it going? Look, I think probably the highlight of the day was uh, going around with Allgood and uh, the, the Shiwi. Um, there's, there's a new, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, an American version of the Shiwi. And um, Grant at Gossamer Gear, we were just talking about it. He's bringing out a carbon fiber Shiwi. Um, and, uh, oh, my God. And it's going to be ultralight. It's being tested. Uh, actually, uh, a good friend of mine, Whitney LaRuffa, has been testing it for the last six months. Oh, all good, right? Uh, yeah, the, the, one, the one and only, yes. Yeah. And um, so look out, it's actually going to be called the Hiwi. <laughs> and uh, look out for it sometime in, uh, I think, July 2015. It just so happens we have all good here. All good. Could you report on your testing of the Hiwi? Uh, the Huey's been a great product so far, I must say. Uh, hiking in a purple rain skirt. Uh, it's really helped wow. not, not dribble on myself when I'm using the, the Huey. Um, it also really works well if maybe you ate a lot of ice cream or some dairy products in a town stop, and you maybe get some explosive diarrhea as you're going up trail. Um, oh, luckily, it's multifaceted uh, faucet, you might say, in the end. is really, really It's multifaceted. Yeah, multifaceted, yes, yes. Faucet. Speaking of multifaucets, he's Paul Mags Magnanti. Mags, you just arrived at OR 10 minutes ago. What do you think? They have free beer. <laughs> yes, they do. Just words of wisdom. It's like a big outdoor carnival. Yeah, it is. It's Lollapalooza for... I'm calling this a temple of commerce. Ooh, wow. Whoa. One thing about OR I've noticed about the outdoor industry is it's not really about the gear. It's really about figuring out how sex can sell gear. You, obviously, you went by the Skechers booth earlier today. And the Reef Sandals booth. And the which booth? Reef Sandals. Oh, I'll, I'll be there. I'll go there next. Reef Sandals has four lovely ladies generally in bikinis in a hot tub when you go by. What? Oh, my God. It's reminded me of an auto show or like a consumer electronics show. They even have booth babes. That's yes, the they do have booth babes. We have Liz Snorkel Thomas here. Wait a second. Speaking of boot pipes. <laughs> Whoa! 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 <laughs> Snorkel, what are your impressions of day one at Winter OR? You know, it's been really been awesome, and uh, it's not too cold here. The pollution isn't too bad. That's really a winner for OR. Wow, yeah, I like it. I like it. So, did anything stand out or catch your eye today? I do. Are you giving me the silent treatment? No, no, no. You know, the, the blankets that Woolrich has made for each of the trails are really beautiful. They are really cool. We're actually standing across from them right now. And I'm, I'm really surprised they used the old PCT logo for the PCT blanket. Why did they do that, Liz? Take it away. Well, I talked to Angie from PCTA, and she didn't tell me. Very good. You heard it here first. 
Now, now, Barefoot Jake says that you're you're the the trail TMZ. So, what do you say to that? I think uh, TMZ is can, can be shared between several people, and for for one, I think that all good is really useful for TMZ stuff. But all good doesn't. He's not part of the Colorado crew, and there's a fair share amount of interesting Colorado stuff that goes on too. Wow. So, you, so you're saying that. Uh, are you uh, saying that Portland, Oregon is not the thru-hiking capital of the world right now? I'm saying that the Front Range is a strong contender to take that from you. All good. Do you have anything to say in response? I think our numbers speak for themselves to the fact there's more than 175 thru-hikers in the city of Portland, Oregon, and many more moving there every year after they finish their PCT hike. Oh, snorkel. Well, for those of you who are trying to decide between Portland and Denver... Denver does have 300 sunny days a year and a uh, pretty moderate climate in the winter, whereas when was the last time you saw the sun, All Good? Oh, wow, All Good. Uh, today when I got off the plane in Salt Lake City. <laughs> hey, I'm here with Jason from Stower today, and he's going to show us or talk to us about a product called the Flame Stower, which somehow converts the magic of fire into something that will charge your iDevice. So I'm going to let Jason take it away, and he's going to try to paint a picture for you as to how this thing works and what it is. Hi, yeah, so this is a device that charges, as he said, electronics, anything with a USB port from fire. So it's a light compact that folds up to the size of about two smartphones uh, together. And you unfold it and you pop it up, pop up a little water canister and you put water in it. There's a blade that goes into any flame source. So a camp stove, an MSR type stove, a campfire, anything like that. Um, even a car camping, bigger Coleman stove, it works great with too. Yeah, and, and just so folks know, the blade isn't actually like a knife blade. It's about, what, four or five inches long. Yep. It's uh, an eighth of an inch or so thick. Uh, Aluminum. You're not going to be able to, you know, uh, take someone out with it. it, it, it yeah. <laughs> but it's it's pretty neat looking, and that is what sits in the fire, right? Absolutely, okay. and that's what actually gets in the fire. And yeah, it's also kind of so people describe it as a tongue, and you put it in the fire, and it gets super hot, so that the blade gets to be over 400 degrees and it goes into underneath the circuit and there's a circuit and the water cup is above the circuit so the way it works is that the water the highest it'll get is your old boil right so it'll get to 212 degrees the blade will get above 400 degrees so it's that temperature difference that is causing in the circuit the electrons to move around they go from hot to cold hot to cold and that creates a circuit um, and a current uh, that uh, produces power that charges is a phone. So it's the other way I talk about it is it's like a weather system. High pressure and low pressure create wind. Right. That's the way to think about it is high temperature and low temperature. The temperature difference, the gradient creates a current. Okay. Very cool. And the whole thing weighs how much? It weighs 10 ounces, 290 okay. grams. So yeah, it's light and compact, very durable, uh, no moving parts. So you know you could drop it and it'd be fine. And yeah, it works perfect to charge a cell phone, smartphone, uh, mm -hmm. but also any LED headlamps or rechargeable headlamps, right. GPS devices, uh, can't digital cameras. Uh, anything like that that needs, you know, any small devices that needs a charge. And it okay. charges at the equivalent rate of when you plug into your computer, which is actually half the rate of a wall socket. Okay, so 
charging times, I know it varies per device, but how long would it take to charge a phone? Yeah, so a full iPhone from zero to 100%, uh, you know, if you put it into a wall socket, for instance, it takes like about an hour and 15 minutes to charge over an hour. So this takes twice as long. It takes up to about, uh, you know, two and a half to three hours. Again, it's meant to be used uh, while you're cooking. So if you get to camp and you bring your stove out and you're cooking, boiling some water, and then you're cooking dinner, you know, maybe that's about 20, 30 minutes of burn time. Then if you have a campfire, you can put this in a campfire and that you can be charging, you know, for a couple hours with that. And then with breakfast in the morning, another 20, 30 minutes. So it's really meant to top off. Let me ask you this. How quickly does that water evaporate? I'm trying to paint a picture for, co- for folks. That red cup that holds the water how many ounces does that cup hold and how quickly does it evaporate? Yeah, so it's about four ounces of water and it'll just boil off, you know, over about, you should top it off about every 30, 40 minutes. Okay. So it's just topping it off with an ounce or so of water and it'll it'll be, um, yeah, it'll just be topped off. Just, Just as long as you keep water in there, you know, you're good to go. What if someone was inclined to put beer in there? Like, say they had some some bad beer left over from the night before. C- could you do this? So, so we. It's amazing how often we get asked this question. Oh, really? So I'm not the first. You are not the huh, first. Interesting. So it will absolutely work, um, but we do recommend that you rinse it out afterwards, just because deposit will get on there, and um, wow. it just makes it slightly less efficient. Okay. Um, so, but that's the only, but slightly, you won't yeah. even notice it. So, um, and of course, we just would, you know, suggest that you not waste beer in right. this cup, right? Because yeah. that's just a waste of beer, which we, th- right. we we think is just bad in general. But you can do it if you really want to. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes your friends bring bad beer along, yellow well, beer, you know, that kind of thing, light beer. and. Yes. and I mean, why not charge your phone with it instead of drinking it if you have other exactly. options? <laughs> exactly. But only in emergency, emergency okay. situations. So, although in emergency situations, you probably want to drink your beer. So, Yeah, that, that's also true. Yes. I think it's amazing that you guys have figured out a way to take fire <laughs> and convert it into something that can charge a phone, a camera, a speaker, whatever. It, it's a pretty neat product. This is one of those things that the technology has been around for a while, but we've the difference is that now we all have these small devices, right, that we're trying to keep charged all the time. I mean, if you have a digital camera even, you know, keeping that charged while you're out and about um, is, is, is difficult. And people are bringing batteries, and he- batteries are heavy, and they run out. But this is a device that you're going to be cooking anyways. Yeah. Um, you're going to be burning that fire, or you're going to have a campfire. You might as well be capturing energy from that right yeah. so you while you're cooking you might as well be charging so that's the real reason that we developed this um, and we actually developed this for the developing world uh, so in places like Africa where they're selling literally tens of millions of cell phones but depending on the country between 20% and 50% of those people don't have electricity uh, yeah, sure. so uh, this is a device that we're going to be in develop in the developing world in within the next year uh, for those people who do not have electricity and they can be charging their cell phones um, which is really empowering for them absolutely well jason thanks so much for talking to all of us here on the trail show and anything else about the flame store or any of these products that you want us to know before we part ways 
Uh, you know, I think that this is just the beginning for us. So we're going to start to build a whole, you know, company and, and a whole product set around power and power management. So you'll see this is just the first technology we'll come out at. But we're going to have many offerings for you over the next year or so uh, that will allow you to power and store, uh, you know, power for your different devices. And where can folks get a flame store or check it out if they're so inclined? Yeah, so you can go on our website, which right now is flamestower.com. Uh, you can also find it on Amazon uh, in places like uh, Camp Saver or Camp More, places like that. All right, very good. Thank you so much, and have a good one. All right. Thank you very much. Hey, Disco here again. So people thought we were kind of crazy for going to the Winter Outdoor Retailer, uh, which is basically a gear-centric convention of sorts, being that our motto is less gear more beer and you know maybe they're right but we did find the flame store which is a product that can convert beer into electricity via fire so there was a little something there for the trail show nation all right now we're going to switch gears and we're going to get some audio from the longmont brew hike uh, some of us were less inebriated than others we'll let you decide we have mike di lorenzo here at Chubb Burger on the Longmont Brew Hike. Dilo, have you had any good beers today? I have not been drinking at all. I've been drinking water. But I just want to give a shout-out to the beauty of urban Longmont on this brew hike. Because, like, you know, a lot of brew hikes that we've been on will be in, you know, hipster neighborhoods and upscale, develop, you know, gentrified areas of the world. And, yeah, f- you gentrifiers. And, um... <laughs> So, but, but this hike, man, it's been just so real. I mean, Longmont is real, man. Yeah, Longmont is real. I'm just curious. So, you've d- we've done five breweries so far. Any favorites that come out in your mind? I really have to say, I like the Beat Cancer Saison, which is just so bubbly. And I'm a fan of the Full Beard IPA, which has too oh, the, many. The Chin Curtain. The Chin Curtain. Too many IBUs to mention. Fantastic. Just fantastic. I, I, I could taste every one of those IBUs. I don't care what any of you say. Uh, now, the rumor is that the human palate can only taste up to 90 IBUs. The chin curtain had 109. Could you taste all 190, Lo? Yes, I tasted those extra 19 IBUs when I was drinking the chin curtain. Now, Princess of Darkness just walked in the room. P- P.O.D., can we get a little audio from you? It looks like you're not drinking beer. What are you drinking? I want to know how many taste buds per square millimeter Scooby has in comparison to the average non-superhuman. Could you please tell that young lady over there to quit dragging her chair? I'm afraid that if I do that, she'll probably cry because sometimes I come off as a little... Abrasive? Bitchy is the word I was going to use. Okay, so I'm just curious. Out of all the five breweries we've been to so far today, have there been any standouts? Yes. Would you like to mention which one was the standout? I didn't keep a record, and unfortunately I'm too far gone to remember what those things were. Wait. Can you point out a specific beverage or beer yeah. that you have had today there that was, was good? The, the Please don't talk while I'm talking. This is, an, uh, this is a one-way interview. Okay, so any beers that have stood out today? The hipster Warren Ibster. Ibster, the one. No, no, no. He is a listener from Canada. There is not actually a beer named after him in Longmont. Has there been any beers today in Longmont? you would like to point out as some of your favorites well one was called something about the hipster but actually it's from lafayette so from longmont the frida Kahlo. oh the frida Kahlo. i think we were at uh shoes and brews 
Negative. Gross and Bart. Very good. It should be noted that although Frida Kahlo was on their menu, she did not have a gross and part. She had a Kleine Bart. Are there any more expectations that you have for the rest of our Longmont brew hike today? I expect to expecting serious beauty in Longmont, man. Just serious urban beauty, man. Just urban blight turned beauty. That's what I'm experiencing. That's what I'm about to experience. That's what I'm looking forward to experiencing, man. Dilo, what do you think about this whole concept of urban hiking? That's what I want to experience, dude. I just want to experience the beauty of the urban environment, man. I want to experience the beauty in the nooks and the crannies. Dilo, what do you think about the many folks that we've seen with their shirts off? Um, there are some people that have given us some strange looks on our four-mile walk so far around Longmont. I will admit to that. Now let's let's head over to some of our guests on today's show. We have Frito Rolltai Garcia in the house. He's sipping beer as we speak. Frito, any standouts today? I see you have onion rings. I do have onion rings. What I really enjoy about this particular brew hike is all the industrial parks that I get to walk through. <laughs> On account of the fact that I build focuses for a living, and I really, I, I just don't get enough of industrial parks or industrial anything. I mean, clearly, who cannot spend enough time in a factory on a day-to-day basis or for the rest of their life? I love cement. I love machinery. And the more grease I'm covered in, the better off I am. Now, we have Aaron from, not from Ypsilanti, on the microphone today. And she just hit her 1,000th distinct beer ever. And she hit it. Yeah! Aaron, what's out of the 1,000 beers you've had, what's been your favorite? My favorite beer ever? Your favorite beer ever and your favorite beer today. My favorite beer today is the Gnight, which I've had before, so that's not exactly fair. Okay, out of the 1,000, though, is there, I mean, maybe you can't pick a favorite, but a standout or two? Batch 9,000 by Bells. It's a perfect Ooh, beer like. That's a Michigan brewery, right? Yes, absolutely. Michigan makes the best beer. What, so oh. what kind of beer is that? What would you say it was the batch what? Batch 9000, which is a bourbon barrel aged, delicious, amazing, amazing beer. Nice. Very good. Onion rings. Uh, we've got onion rings, so we're going to have to take a pause. Dilo, it sounds like you're bailing on us once again. You're only coming to half of the activity. Can you speak to that? Um, I, I am a family man, and I need to drive my son home and make a pizza for him tonight. That sounds like a lame excuse. It is not so much of a lame excuse because my wife will be spending and celebrating the 40th birthday of one of her lifelong friends. Okay, that's boring. We're going to go to Mr. Money Mustache now. Now, Mr. Money Mustache, tell us how long you've been listening to The Trail Show. Hi, this is Mr. Money Mustache, and I never listen to The Trail Show. (laughs) All right, thoughts? It's been a hell of a Longmont brew hike. And we're back where we started, and I've got nothing to show for it except that Frida Roltai Garcia came out today. Okay, snorkel thoughts. I would say for those of you who are skeptical about urban hiking, that the brew hike is the perfect way of transitioning from your traditional way of backpacking to an urban hiking scenario. Very nice. Connor, I, I just want to say I'm proud that you didn't take any cabs today. 
And I thought we were going to lose you. I thought we were going to lose you right there at the end of that little hill, but you made it. Yeah, so. funny because I didn't even make it to start with. Right. So I wasn't even here. I called two cabs. They took too long. I'm not going to say it was an issue of morality or, uh, you know, will. Yeah. No, I wanted to take the cabs. Over to you. Thoughts. Uh, so this is Joe. No trail name. Um, I, if, if I can disagree with Disco, uh, I think there was. I think there... I can't. Okay. I, I will anyway, so... I think there was something to show for it. We've got a belly full of lager. Some of us have a bu- belly full of ale. Uh, I think I'm showing that with the slurring of my speech. It's been... Uh, I think we, we beat the weather, which is always worth something. Uh, we've had great beers throughout the Longmont area. And I come to appreciate all these great beers that are available here. And we still have the finger hand, which is great. Well, my thoughts are that I'm really glad that uh, Magoo, he came down. He rode a snow machine all the way there from Wisconsin. And he had his linings in his in the back of the saddlebags of that snow machine. And he rode that thing all the way across the pavement there. But he just couldn't make it all the way. And I, I, I feel real bad about that there, eh? This time of year, I'm all about the mulch. Yeah. Hey, Wes, do you have any thoughts on the uh, Longmont Brew Hike? Good beer, uh, some new breweries today, Lawton. Uh, yeah, a few new breweries. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm, I got here pretty late, but I, good to catch up with you guys. So what many people don't know is that Wes Lloyd is actually the inventor of the Trail Show Brew Hikes because he originally gave us the idea for the first Denver Brew Hike over a year ago. Any comments on being the inventor of the brew hike concept? Well, I can talk about how I came up with the ideas about four or five years ago. My friend was living in Seattle, and uh, we went out to do Mount Stewart, which is uh, one, of the, one of the highest mountain in the Cascades. And afterwards, uh, we decided to do a bicycle brewery tour of Seattle, yeah. and it, it was kind of epic. Um, we started at like 10.30 in the morning, and we went until dark or 8 o'clock or something. That sounds like our Boulder Brew Hike. And, but it was a bicycle one. And I remember exactly halfway through the bike tour, his pedal fell off in the middle of the street. <laughs> and so we had to run out and fetch it, and then we had to jury-rig it back onto his bicycle so we could finish the, the, the bicycle tour. Uh, but it, it was great. And so when I uh, went to Denver, I, I was looking at the... A distribution of breweries and I thought well you wouldn't have to actually use a bicycle yeah. because they're so close to each other you could just walk it and then I ended up doing this walking tour in November of uh, 2013 uh, and the days are short so we're like oh it's going to be way easier just to hike uh, than to bike so and that's how it started that, that is how it all started and, and Wes Lloyd gave us the idea and then we put together the initial route and we sent it to him. He refined it a bit. And the Denver Brew Hike was born one year ago. And then last fall, we did the Boulder Brew Hike. And here we are a full year later in Longmont doing the Longmont Brew Hike. And now Wes has some ideas for a South Denver Brew Hike. Do you want to give us any little uh, glimpses into what that could be about? Well, I happen to notice that there's uh, south of Alameda on Broadway, there's like six or eight breweries that are brand new in the last 12 to 18 months and i honestly don't know any of them 
And so I, I really like this idea of these brew hikes that take in breweries that are, are new, and uh, it allows you to, to, to sample what they're doing. And the brewery scene, of course, in Denver is, is expanding rapidly, and it's hard to keep up with it. So who knows how long they'll be around, but, but I think that would be a, a fun hike there in South Denver. Yeah, I agree. I think that might be the next brew hike we do, maybe this coming fall. P.O.D. Uh, 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 Snorkel has a question for West Lloyd. Okay, Snorkel, you have a question for West Lloyd. Snorkel, go. My question, is the beer hike more or less fun than a backpack full of poop? <laughs> than, than a backpack full of poop? Oh, it's definitely more fun. Definitely more fun. Wes, do you want to talk to the Trail Show Nation about what happened to you on, um, what, which peak was it? Uh, Mount Shuckskin. Mount Shuckskin, which I believe is in the Cascade Mountain Range of Washington State, correct? Right, it's uh, up there in uh, North Cascade National Park. <laughs> so so they, is it correct that they force you to use wag bags in this area? Yes, yes, uh, because it's in the National Park and they have so many people. Uh, they actually have a latrine uh, that's out there for the camping site, but when you're on the mountain, when you're climbing the mountain, they want you to carry blue bags. Okay, so can you explain to our our listening audience exactly what a blue bag is? Well, well, a blue bag, uh, it's actually two bags. One of them's blue and one of them's not, but uh, the blue bag, I believe, is uh, what you're supposed to defecate on the glacier, and after you, you defecate, you... you have a blue bag which is kind of like a glove and you put it on your hand and you pick up the poop and then you wrap it up in the blue bag and there's a twisty tie and you and you tie off the twisty and then you drop the blue bag inside of another plastic bag and then there's another twisty tie so there's actually double bagging okay so it sounds pretty foolproof it actually sounds kind of like a the way you would bag up dog poo but you had an incident with the, the set of bags that you were given that day, could you explain what happened? Well, I think what happened was the first time I ever used the blue bag system. Uh, I didn't realize that when you scoop the, the defecation off the glacier, that, that you don't want to include any snow. And because if you include any, any snow, after a while it melts. And yeah, and so. And so, and so it melted, or the snow that was mixed in with the, uh, the defecant, if you will, it melted a bit. And then what happened to, with your bags? Well, it kind of creates this uh, you know, liquid that transfers the defecation to uh, whatever is available. So. Is there some sort of powder that's absorbent, you know, like you find in baby diapers? I'm sure there is, uh, but how many people carry that on, on, up on a mountain? Oh, I, so, I thought it came with. I thought it came with a bag. No, no, it's very simple. It's just all plastic and twisties. So what? What exactly happened? Did you not tie a, a complete knot, a, a, a knot that sealed the bags correctly? Well, that's the thing is they're not Ziplocs, and so uh, it, it's you. You you know you can only seal those bags so much with the twisty ties. Um, yeah. so, so was there a bit of leakage? It's, it's me, I, I rolled in. I, I brought me my dog sled down, so we rolled in on the wheels. And uh, I had me a colostomy bag that froze up out there on the frozen palm one day. And I tell you what, you got to be real careful with those things because they'll pop right open. And that was Magoo, but we want to hear exactly what happened to West Lloyd's blue bags. We came down the mountain and uh, hiked out and... Uh, 
Yeah, the snow melted. So, and uh, yeah, it kind of got on my backpack. So, so how did you know there was a problem? Well, you you could you, there was an odor. <laughs> there was an odor, ladies and gentlemen. We'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it to your imaginations. It, if you ever a blue bag, find yourself in that situation. Make sure you cinch that knot tight. No snow in the in the bag. No snow in the bag, and you might even want to double knot it just for extra, you know, good measure. Maybe double bag it, even triple bag it. Whatever you've got. Any other prodding words of advice, West Lloyd? Well, you you could carry ziplocs too if you're really concerned on the glacier. Yeah. Wow, we even threw a trail tip in there for you at the end. Good grief. We want to thank everybody for tuning into this first ever Extra Sauce number one episode of various trail show audio. Never before heard until today. Hey, big thanks to Neighbor Jay, Swami, All Good, Snorkel, the Flamestower folks, all the Longmont Brew hikers, including Frito Garcia, Aaron, Connor, and of course, Wes Lloyd. He gave us some really good tips there at the end. Uh, We'll be back at the end of the month for our regularly scheduled June episode of The Trail Show. Until then, for the Princess of Darkness, Mags, D-Lo, I'm Disco. Ciao. The more grease I'm covered in, the better off I am. Well, well a blue bag, uh, it's actually two bags. One of them's blue and one of them's not. And he had his lineys in, his, in the back of the saddlebags of that snow machine.